Hi, everybody. This is Tisa. And this is Terry. And we are Color Collections, um, the host of your favorite podcast or soon to be favorite podcast, Access Is. This is not an episode of the podcast, but we just wanted to talk to the people for a minute because we're all in quarantine. We've been locked inside for that Rona. Um, and so, you know, we just want to reach out, talk to you guys, see what's up. Terry has a very interesting and extremely important public announcement for us. Terry. Looking at you guys. Okay. We're going to start off with a fact. 5G mobile networks do not spread COVID-19, a.k.a. the Rona. Can't get it from the mobile, net mobile networks, okay? Who says that? The World Health Organization. Who is who? World Health Organization. They're the ones that are saying, stop it, guys. What we do want is for you guys to be informed. So that's why we're giving this to you, okay? Why are we talking about that? Because viruses cannot travel, cannot travel on radio waves or mobile networks. Radio waves and mobile networks, a virus is not just moving through the air on these radio waves, okay? Stop thinking that, guys. COVID-19 is spreading in many countries that don't have 5G mobile networks. So how do y'all think that it's spreading in those countries? It's not a mystery. It's because it don't spread via that. That's why. Okay, let's keep going. COVID-19 is spread through respiratory droplets when an infected person coughs, sneezes, or speaks. People can, often, can also be infected by touching a contaminated surface and then their eyes, their nose, or their mouth. That's it. So if it's these three, thank you. Thank you for the visual. If it's those three ways, that means fucking COVID is not out here willy-nilly trying to attach to some radio waves. That's not how any virus works. So many different reasons why that does not work. And my first question to the conspiracy people would be, why is that only one virus is riding these radio waves? Explain that. If y'all explain that to me, then I will believe you. If only that one. So we ain't had HIV riding those waves. We ain't had Ebola riding that shit. We ain't had cancer riding it. Everything is through fucking your body except for COVID. Okay. So thank you, Terry. Um, that was great. It was informative. We appreciate you um, enlightening us on how electromagnetic waves work and the whole electromagnetic radiation in general. And two sciences, yes, biology and, and physics they don't mesh like that. They, they work together. They support each other. Hospitals use both of those sciences, but the virus is, is, does not know. Just no. No. The government has a lot of shit that they're doing to people, especially poor people yeah. and people of color. We need to look out for a whole lot of things. This is a whole not lot of other things. Let's look out for these tangible things. Let's look out for systemic racism. Let's look out for, let's get some sustainable health care for everybody. Talk to me about that. Talk to me. Give me a conspiracy on how we can goddamn make this work. How can we all get healthcare? How can we get black people tested for the Rona? Let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact that because I have asthma, you know, I, I, I'm predisposed to maybe, not even predisposed, excuse me. I have, a, I have a higher chance of dying from the Rona if I get it because I have all these other pre-existing health conditions. We're not talking about that. We've got to talk about the things that are actively affecting us, not things that might. We are in a, a worldwide pandemic and people that look like us are dying disproportionately more. That's what I'm focused on. I agree. Um, 
And I implore any of the teachers, the scientists, um, just the people who are informed, help the kids with their science homework because obviously it's falling by the wayside because if these are the parents, who's helping the babies with the science homework? you don't even have to be a science genius because we know. I just said informed. Yeah, we know too just many informed. teachers that are, you can call them. If you don't have a teacher, you can't find a teacher, let us know and we'll put you in a contact with a teacher that we know that will help you. We, will, we know enough people that will help you that we're not going to let anybody fall by the wayside if you want the help. But you got to want it. Well, thank you, Terry, for that PSA. Um, I, we, we were joking. Um, talking in jest, but dead serious, um, because it was, it's just so dramatic. It was funny. I thought it was, was a joke. It was, um, but it's caught on. Um, we're seeing, um, yeah. it started with, you know, just some YouTube conspiracy theories, and now it's spread to people that you see on the news talking about the same thing. Mm. And well, well, it's not right. Um, so, and if, you know, go check the World Health Organization. I mean, just check just go back to your old science textbooks. Um, just find out how, you know, biology works and electromagnetic waves. And just do the research for yourself and be informed. Any video um, or anyone else's video or snippet when they tell you this is what it is, just go and, and find out for yourself and see how those two things work and then how they will not work together. Um, but thank you for that. So the point of this um, little video was not supposed to be about that, but that was just an urgent thing that was on our heart. So we wanted to give you guys a love offering of information um, about that COVID. You're welcome about that COVID while we're in this here quarantine. And we may want an excuse to, you know, put makeup on. That's all. <laughs> here we go. Um, but what we came to talk about, was hey. what will be your favorite book, because it is definitely top, one of our favorites after finally reading it because it was the content was a little heavy terry how did how did you feel it was it was a very heavy read it was, a, it it was. was uh yeah this was a heavy read and it makes you uncomfortable you get a little overwhelmed it's a must read it's a must read for every person um and i was suggesting the book to some other people that we know and their question was i mean is it i'm, I'm sorry i'm sorry we, that we know i was suggesting the book to some people that we know in common that we oh i didn't know i wasn't trying to be funny i just want to know were these actually people we know or yeah. you know no it was so it was people um from the network that were with that we uh, oh okay so people we know people yeah. We know. yeah and their their question was why well, is it for black people no it's a must read for black people too and i, I mean i thought it was appropriate for everyone it is. That's what made me, you know, that's the thing that when we talk about things or racism. Wait, wait, wait. I'm black. I, I have can't. to stop you. You have to tell the people what this book is. Because okay. So our book is called How to Be an Anti-Racist. And I think the title may be off-putting to some people in that they think, no, 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 no. I don't need it. I'm not a racist. I'm black. So you have to be open and receptive to learning, knowing, and growing. That was the biggest thing. Um, because I, I would absolutely say, uh, incorrectly that I was one of these people that before the book, I'm not a racist. I'm black. I can't be racist. I don't own. I, I would agree. People, public, family, friends. I, I would agree. She, 
Yes. Several oh, chapters. Several yeah. times. I was texting her like, hey, boo, he talking to you. He, yeah. Where you at? Because he is talking to you. He got your number. Where? What's happening? Did you read this part yet? Well, wait when you get there let me know. But that, that's what the book does. It's supposed to. I mean, I think that as people, we always talk about, well, if you give me the information, I'm going to learn and I'm going to grow and then I'll, you know, you got to give me the facts and I'll try. I don't, are we doing it that aggressively? Why are you this mad? <laughs> I think people do. You know, people are very defensive when it comes to changing our ideas. Um, yeah. And, it, you know, and I think that you have to be open. And that's why I say, so Tisa was well ahead of me in the book. Um, I think she was like 10 chapters ahead of me. And no, oh, yeah, I was you. probably like, just a couple, just just a few, like you got to the juicy part before I did, and you were like, oh, I did, come I on, did, because it was a hard read. Like just like Breaking Bad, people say it's slow or it starts slow, but then they think it's so amazing. I don't think it's that amazing, but um, so it's like that, like a slow burn, because it it is heavy content, it is quite intellectual, um, and so it was hard to get into. But once I got into it, I was like, say so. I'm telling you, it is if it don't if this book don't change your mind, then you ain't read it. Yeah, yeah. Because you're gonna learn something. Everybody learns something from this. So book. what I mean was one thing, because we will talk about many things. So we'll, okay. So get to know. Be, it, be it a quote, be it a chapter, be it an idea, be it a theory, a race theory. Um I, I learned so much. And I have to apologize to y'all because it, we both listened to the audiobook and most of the time I was busy, I was cooking, I was doing my hair I was driving and it was so so many times I would have jotted down notes I was like oh my god that is a rewinding and rewinding to just keep receiving the great information um so I don't have all the notes but to take you back to specific chapters and pages yeah. read it for yourself it, yeah with, that, with everything else we give you we want you to look and see and read and talk to us and tell us what you think because we're gonna but take prepared. she has the notes so Terry was, yeah, I have some of the notes. Some of the notes are in the book too. So I do like with Audible. I don't know if anyone else notices. You can um, interject and then make the note right there. So I like that. But I put these just on a notepad. Um, one, there was so many things. Then so I'm going to go back to this last one. I'm gonna start with the end of my notes. If Black is beautiful, how can Black spaces not be beautiful? And he was talking about neighborhoods and people. But if we're talking about, go ahead, go, I see you. Go ahead, no, finish, go ahead. But see, I knew that our kindred spirit, um, that your notes would align with my notes. And when you would say things that it would spark. So even though I didn't have all the notes written down, I only have a few that I would be like, that's, yep, I remember that, say so. Go ahead, tell them about it, tell them about it. We, we talk about black people being beautiful. Oh, black women are beautiful, but then, we talk about, oh, I can't wait to build, you know, with Howard University, we're just gonna use Howard. Howard University is black Mecca, except for this, except for that. Well, they don't do this, well, they don't do that. We pick away all these things. And he suggested, okay, well, if we're looking at the black aesthetic, why are we only, why are we looking at everything versus putting it, attributing bad things to the individual? And he uses the, he uses the example that, hey, I was talking to this girl, she was in, she was at, um, FAMU, I think it, I think that's where they were. Or where they, they went to FAMU. Yes, went to FAMU, FAMU alum. I'm a representative. My husband went to FAMU. So I didn't go to FAMU. I went to FAMU alum by marriage. Okay. But the um, author is Ibram Kendi, and he is a FAMU alum. And he was speaking about another young lady who went to FAMU with him. And this was when they were in, Terry, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is when they were in grad school. Mm -hmm. Always have something very negative to say about HBCUs and FAMU, particularly FAMU. Um, 
And so it just took him aback because it was always something negative. So he had to like have a conversation with her and Terry. And, and he said, hey, why are you so pissed off about that? Well, she uh, messed up my financial aid and I didn't get that. And he was like, all right then. But didn't you tell me how when you went to your white undergrad, they did your whole GPA wrong? Like they messed you all the way up? And he was like, so you were willing to forgive, you know, Kate, but you weren't willing to forgive Tyrone. Karen, we were you willing to forgive Karen? Ooh, that's another and word. We're going to get to that <laughs> later. But. But that's the thing, you know, and I, you know, I can think back just to me personally, I've had bad customer service from black businesses. I've had shit customer service from Nordstrom. If I don't come in looking a certain way, the black people there don't typically want to help me, specifically within the Pentagon City Nordstrom. And I, I, we're not going to get Nordstrom's as a sponsor. <laughs> I'm just joking, guys. We weren't going to get Nordstrom's as a sponsor. Um, but... <laughs> One of my, a pod, another podcast that I love, I mean, check us out, Access is presented by Color Collections. We're on all the available platforms where you can find podcasts. But another um, podcast that I like by, um, we read his book and discussed it, um, the comedian W. Kamau Bell. Oh, yeah. So um, their podcast is called Politically Reactive um, with him and another comedian. Um, he's Indian. Um, I can't think of his name right now, but they were interviewing Killer Mike and Killer Mike said something kind of directly related to that. It reminded me of the book. He was saying, well, first to take it back, which was a very important fact. He was saying not even to strive to go to an HBCU is too late, though for some that's what you need and that's your opportunity to have a black experience. But he said every black child, at least with the current state of the world and society, you need to be at a black school or predominantly black school from K basically through eight or nine until you're about 13 and that touched my soul and I was like you know what that's probably why I don't have the same um kind of visceral reaction to HBCUs it wasn't really on my radar not to say that it wasn't on my classmates but it wasn't something that was on my radar because I'm from Detroit and though it wasn't called Chocolate City my whole experience I went K through 12 was all black my neighborhood so I had black doctors and black teachers and you know, a black judge, and it was not uncommon for me to see black people doing any and everything. And he was talking about having that experience so that you can see, we can be allowed to be human. You can humanize black people and understand some are good, some are bad. You don't have to, you know, you can go into whatever your college is as a fully whole proud, full, you know, black human being that you just happen to have to identify as black because of the systemic racism and because of the construction of white instead of just being human. But if you can go into it already confident and, you know, then it doesn't necessarily need to be an HBCU. And you don't have kind of the stigma that some of us have now regarding black businesses and, and all that. So Terry just reminded me of that when she got into that point. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He, no, he talks about that within the book and how, and I'm going to take it back. And people were just, and I, I don't, I wonder if people were amazed when he said it in the book. Martin didn't believe that we should integrate schools. He believed every other aspect of life should be integrated. But MLK was like, nah, bro, y'all stay by yourselves because how can people that hate you and want to see your destruction educate you? And we say that. And then he lists a plethora of statistics about black and brown bodies and white teachers and how these, you know, how black students fare with white students. And he directly goes back and forth with those correlations of how it adversely affects bad black students. That you, you, this book right here needs to be something that teachers, 
professors, anyone that interacts with other races needs to fucking well, everybody. <laughs> anybody. Anyone that interacts with other races. <laughs> everybody, the world, with where do you live? <laughs> Basically, like I was gonna say teachers, but then as I was saying, I was like, you know what? Anybody. Oh, okay. Any it's just good for anybody. So okay, so we got it. What's the another um you got me going. Well, you got me or going. do you want me to go? <laughs> you you go because I'm gonna <laughs> It was great. I'm gonna leave you with a quote. I'm gonna just say this quote and I'm gonna leave you. I'm not gonna do that because this made me feel some kind of way. He said, um, um, white supremacist is cold for anti-white, which is cold for anti-human. So though they don't see it that way, that's what it is. And he went on to describe how. Um, the inequity that is rooted in personal failure is unrelated to policies. And that is the manipulation that white supremacists does to poor and marginalized white people that convinces them that it's not the policies that need to be equal and changed, but it's only due to black or brown people or whoever those people are, their personal failures. And therefore, they resist equalizing policies that will help them just as much as they would help people of color. Um, so. That, you know, that's all. Go, go read it, this book. It's it, 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 so many things. Um, and I, when I was reading it, I was thinking about the friends that I know that would absolutely be interested and thrive with this book. And they happen to be my white peeps because they are on that, they're on that line. But it breaks it down even further for them so that they can see how capitalism and poverty and race are all intertwined. And he talks about it consistently. He talks about the integrationist, the anti-racist, and the oh was it the i'm gonna say abolitionist but i don't think that was it he it touched was, a little bit on abolitionists he did. Okay. um it was it was just great ba basically um it let us know yeah we're, we're all probably been racist racist even if you're a black person um because he talks about his parents who mm -hmm. were around and during the civil rights and black panthers and they were very for the people and they you know protested and descendants they were very much for the cause but even them they had a perception of those black people and the kind of respectability politics and those things so <laughs> he touches on um just a plethora of things and it is not just for black people uh, white people he, he shows them very clearly or explains very clearly how you in this too yep. uh, they for you would would still this is how we got this administration because clearly you still don't know that you you in this too bro I think that was the biggest thing that it's, you know, it started how to be an anti-racist and we thought it was just going to focus on here and it went, it was just it too is. big and people don't want to do the work to find out why we ended up here, black and white people alike, here's why we ended up here, here's why the economy is failing, all of these things are intertwined in such ways, in such convoluted ways you know, and Hindi talks about capitalism and how if we really practice true capitalism, we would be outdone. We wouldn't even know what, what is happening because it, we, we've never practiced that. We've always practiced capitalism under the guise of, you know, dirty politics, under the guise of this is better than that. We've never practiced true capitalism on a fair and equal ground. So coming from that, it, it's going to change your mindset. I, I'm going to say the one thing that I was left with and, and he talks about it, you know, he continues to talk about it throughout the book. You're either a racist or you're an anti-racist. Anti Nothing else. Yeah, he did. He, I mean, every chapter, he, yeah. he definitely solidified that to me. Like, you have your own biases, even as a person of color. So, yeah, you're either, you're either 
it's them or us basically is what he's saying you it's like a game um you in or you out so what you gonna choose what you gonna choose you gonna be a racist or you gonna be an anti-racist, gonna be anti-racist. um and i definitely want to strive to be an anti-racist so no. i mean it, it it made me rethink a lot of things that i feel um especially as a black kid i didn't think that my mom oh go ahead go ahead tisa you're you, you're selected Thank you, teacher, for acknowledging me. Um, did it, because I know you, mm-hmm. um, have you feel some kind of way or, or take some kind of self-introspection at maybe the way that you feel to the entire white race and how we equate all the evil and all the racism to everyone who is right? And when I say we, I don't mean me, but how they have to get that whole rep of racist, evil, white person just because they're white, just the same way we get whatever, you know, negative things thrown upon us because we're people of color. So I, that was a powerful, when he spoke to that, because he was saying he was kind of guilty of that. And so to be truly anti-racist, he had to also not paint all the white people, which is a made-up construct, but all non-people of color with that brush. Terry? I will say I, in the beginning of the book, like it was a hard, we, we said it was a hard, long read. You know, I would say I was, I was very, no, 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 that's not me. Like, I understand what you're saying, but that's not me because really? I, I, you know, and I, I felt like I'm justified in my anger and my disdain and blah, blah, blah. So, and I, and I would, I would separate the two. You know, it was very compartmentalized that I, no, 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 I have white friends. So I don't think that, but I do. If I'm, if I'm constantly saying, oh, that's white people shit. That's the same thing that I'm reinforcing that this particular thing, and we get so mad about people when they say, oh, that's not black people shit or black people don't do that, but it's the same thing. If we're going to really stop that, stop that mindset, then we have to attack it at every thought. And that's at the end of the book, I can say, no, no, no. You know what? I have to do my part. And I have been an asshole because I have felt like that, that it's a, it's an injustice to my white peeps. It's an injustice to white people everywhere. That I wouldn't fuck with you if you felt like that about black people. Mm-hmm. I'm very, you know, I'm if I'm very vocal about you have to be vocal about black people. Why am I not vocal about? I need to be vocal about you. And I think that for me, it, it definitely made me take a long look at myself. Like, damn, bro, you can hate Sue and fuck, you know what I mean? But you don't have to hate all white people. Mm-hmm. I, I don't you. have that. Yes, guy. and we don't hate Sue. We don't know anyone named Sue. Yeah. Just to clarify, don't come for us in the comments, Sue or Karen. So everybody go out, read the book. Though we kept saying it was a deep heart read, that's because um, we have lots of jobs and lives and we're busy and in school and doing all these things. And we were listening to it on Audible. Um, But it's actually not like a long, hard, don't think of it as daunting. It it is a quick read, um, extremely interesting and beneficial to your life. um, And, you know, want to keep you informed. Um, So it's an amazing book. Um, Tisa, what was the one takeaway that you had? Um, I already felt that way. We've had lots of these conversations over the years about the white people, um, specifically what you were just talking about, about I can hate Sue and separate that from all the white people and, and the same with black people. Um, so, but that was still like, he just reinforced that in me and I, I felt good in that, like, okay, so I'm not crazy. Like I'm not letting down the race by not vilifying all 
white people. Like, it's okay that I have white people that I love and adore that like family to me that are amazing people. Like, they are not all evil, just like I don't want them to think that all black people are evil or stupid or bad or inherently anything. Um, so that was really good. That, um, and for white and black, actually, because he talks about being, you know, racist to, towards black people. And so even as a black person, not outward racism that we would think of, but just when we see our neighborhoods in decline and, and things like that, and to not be like those, you know, black people. We all saw the Chris Rock special. Um, yeah. to, to not separate ourselves about, you know, black people and N-words. So um, that that part really stuck with me as well, because you have to constantly do that, because I understand why people are where they are. Mm -hmm. And it's not a, a simple band-aid to put on it. I understand the systemic issues that probably go back, that do go back generationally, mm -hmm. um, get somebody where they are. So I'm never looking at people in my neighborhood or wherever in the city, because um, I live in DC, both of us are in DC now, um, you know, to be those black people or those in words, like I, I understand where it's coming from. Um, so that's what stuck with me. Terry, any final thought on the book besides go get it, go read it? I would say that I, I'm going to reiterate what, like you, you said, I think that was the biggest thing. Like as kids, you're taught, you know, don't go out there and embarrass the black race. When you do something, it reflects up badly on all black people. No, if I'm an asshole, I'm an asshole individually. If I'm an amazing success, I'm an amazing success individually. I do not represent my race and we've got to stop that. We've got to de deconstruct that thought within black people. And I think that when that happens, it's going to roll around to everybody. It's not going to just be, well, I only think that about Black people. I'm going to understand that, hey, that's it about white people, too. You know what? Now that you say that, that reminds me I was listening to um, another podcast or, yes, and it was, um, they were interviewing a woman who works with the ACLU, I guess, mm -hmm. like one of the head attorneys there or whatever, and she was kind of defending how, you know how they supported the, um, the white people, I'm just going to say, they, they supported the white people like in Charlottesville to so they could keep their permit to have their march or whatever. And, and we know, sadly, how that ended with the death of Heather Heyer and all that. So, but she was basically saying that even back in during the civil rights movement and all that, that they have to fight for the, ra the wild racist. Um, so that then when it comes around to a person of color or one of us, because of the way the law works, which she also touched on how it's very conservative, and it is for, you know, white men. Um, it's not progressive and forward thinking, but the, and the, basically the way it works, which I think we all kind of know, but the law is kind of centered on precedence. So if a hundred years ago, Terry was allowed to walk down the street and go through the blue door, now when Tisa comes up a hundred years later, ah, we got to let her do it because we let Terry do it. So even if a hundred years ago, Terry was a wild racist, they would represent these people and fight for free speech and these things so that now when MLK comes up to do it or someone, it's already a precedent in law. And so she made extremely good points because when I started listening to the interview, I was like, forget this lady and what she got to say. And oh, y'all don't need to be representing these hateful racist people. But she made an extremely good point because that's the way the law works. And sometimes you got to work the system that you're in. Um, to the best of your benefit. So when you said that for you to be an individual asshole and not all the people and you to deconstruct that racism about 
white people, that that will help it to be deconstructed about black people. Mm-hmm. I can see Sue as an individual asshole for Sue, then now they can work other people in my life and I can expect to be seen just for me as well and not bringing the whole race of black people with me. So, sorry, that was off tangent, but. No, it's, it's, but it's right on point. Like the book had so many different points and it's, if the book didn't, I mean, it just, it was amazing. It was an amazing read. And it's probably something that I will probably have to continue to go back to because we do live in, you know, a a world where Trumpito is president. So we're, I'm going to have to go back so that I can continue on this new path and, and stay with it. Because what mm-hmm. I don't want to do, I want to be a good friend and a good ally to my white peeps, just like I want them to be a good ally to me. And I want exactly. to know that, exactly. I, you know, my race is not just thugs and, you know, drug dealers. Like I need to continually remind myself that. And not that I need to, but that just that you have to see that, that these people, everybody has a story. It's not these people versus those people. It's Mm-hmm. E. Terry Hodge and the, each individual person. So. Well, that is all that we have regarding how to be an anti-racist because you're either an anti-racist or you're a racist. Choose a side. Be on the right side of history, as they say uh, these days. And the last thing we wanted to leave you with was something that's trending on Twitter. It's probably not trending today, <laughs> like earlier this week, but... It caught our attention. We thought it was absolutely hilarious. Um, (laughs) The whole debate on whether Karen Hmm. should be banned from Twitter, the term, you know, calling somebody Karen, because it's derogatory and being used as a racial slur. It is not. But, um, and they, they, like, took a poll, didn't they, Terry? They took a vote? They did take a poll, and 96% of people said, don't ban Karen. No. They were trying to equate Karen to the N-word. Come on, Karen. Come on now. I have Karens in my family, and (laughs) I feel like I should be able to say the word. I'm half Karen, so I should be able to say the K-word. I have friends that are Karens, so I should be able to say the word. They say it. Music and all the popular music right now. Karens are saying Karen and the K word alike. So if Karen can say Karen, why can't I say Karen? It's just a word. I mean, it doesn't, words don't hurt. Like we learned at elementary school. If words don't hurt, why can't we say Karen? So anyhow, Terry and I, if you followed that, if you were wondering, if you happened to catch that on Twitter, if you didn't catch it, go back because the tweets are hilarious. Uh, But Terry and I obviously both vote that we're going to keep Karen. And I'm going to keep saying Karen. And low-key Karen, um, Karen ain't the only one we got. Uh, <laughs> the one that you guys are aware of because of um, the, the SNL skit that Chadwick Boseman did. So Karen ain't it, but good luck. I think we should make sure we talk about on the podcast, TikTok. That's causing a lot of controversy too. Yeah, good old tickety-tock. Mm-hmm. Oh, and on the podcast, maybe we should talk about buying some stock in TikTok. But it's on the, uh, you know, the Corona come ups. This, this is the time, guys. This is the time. <laughs> corona come ups. You can't go nowhere. So Corona come ups. That's our new hashtag. The corona come ups. Um, <laughs> invest, invest, invest. Do all, do all the things. Refinance your home. All the things. Do all the things right now while you can. First time to go back outside. 
Yeah. Word on the street is those stimulus checks should be dropping in people's accounts. The first wave is Wednesday. Make really? sure, guys. Yeah. Um, a lot of states, we posted the link. A lot of states do have a rent, uh, not a rent strike, but they're letting you give you a couple different options and paying your rent if you are limited on funds. So make sure you check and make sure that what your state's actual guidelines are. Use your 1200 wisely. We don't know when this is going to end or if there'll be another stimulus check. So do not, guys, definitely be mindful of what you have coming in. Well, they can't, they can't spend it at the strip club because everything's closed. That's what you're trying to say. Like, use it wisely. What we're what spending it on, everybody's inside. The only things that's open is Home Depot and the grocery store. So unless they want to go buy some floor tile, who's, who's wasting it? Well, sadly, I think the thing- open, so never mind. The liquor stores are open. I wasn't thinking the liquor store. I was thinking they are open, but I was thinking don't go and purchase $500 worth of stuff on Afterpay only because you got to pay $25. Afterpay. So Afterpay is where you can go. It's layaway for now new things, but you can take your stuff home. So it's great. It's definitely a great option. That's better than layaway if I can take home. However, if you start just balling out of control and you (laughs) buy all this stuff, you done bought the new YSL makeup, Fenty, you buying a new belt, and everybody's offering this afterpay. So now you think, if I only spend a couple hundred dollars, but they keep taking that money out, and you have no more money coming in, now your account is negative twelve hundred dollars. It presents a problem when you do start making money again, and you're negative. So we do want people to be mindful of your money. Um, (laughs) Make sure you're paying your rent. Because teacher, didn't you discuss in one of our podcasts about the predatory um, loaning? Pay, pay, payday loan businesses. And so that's what that sounds like. You don't want to be in that cycle and be in the negative and waste your t- stimulus check. And then, yeah. So go back and listen to that podcast. And yes, like Terry said, don't spend your stimulus check all in one place. And did you see the um, meme that I love? Well, she said it. It was on, it's on her what website, the, the mayor of Chicago. Well, she yes. was, <laughs> you know, jump shot is whack. Like stay out the parks, like no matter what you do. Love. Loved. Stay home. Stay home, everybody. We home. Don't invite your family over. No, no, I can't. No, nobody can come over. No, nobody can come visit. No, I don't need to go have a little goose in action. I'm not doing. No anything. one knows what that is. No sex. Okay. You don't live together. You don't come in this house. It does not matter if your friends, family, do not do it. We talked about it in the beginning. Okay. I don't mean to get your blood pressure up. Woo! Okay, guys, we're gonna go because she's getting upset. But um, yeah, we'll be dropping the next podcast episode very soon on all the platforms. Check us out. Access is Color Collections. Yes, Tisa, Terry. Thanks. We're out. We are out. I don't know how to end mine. I don't know how to end it. I think she ended it. Nope. This is still going. I don't know how to leave.